Amen, amen, amen. Let's give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, the way of peace. What a beautiful beginning to service with our women of God lighting the candles of hope and peace. Let's give them another. That was beautiful. Usher in the spirit of God. Mm. Jesus, the way of peace. One may ask, is there truly a way of peace in this world today? I know I've asked it. Know I've asked it. This world is full of unrest. This world is full of anxiety. And I believe people are becoming more and more anxious as the day of the Lord draws nearer. And a lot of people don't know why they're anxious. But they are anxious. And hidden within the hearts of people from all walks of life, and maybe even some in this room, is the absence of peace. The absence of peace. Not just political, not just economic, not just uh, domestic problems, but within our own souls, there may be a feeling of restlessness, a, a, a feeling of emptiness, a feeling of loneliness, our hearts longing for something that we can't even describe. We can't even describe it, but we know there is something missing. We know there is something missing. Peace, church, is not a destination. It's not something that we arrive at. Not that when our, all of our problems are, are solved. Not that when our, our bills are, are paid. Not that when we get along with everyone or, or everyone is cheering us on. That's not the way of peace. Our money is not the way of peace. And, and sadly, many people will refuse the true way of peace, to accept the way of peace. And the Bible says, the Bible reveals the loss of peace. And the loss of peace begins with the fall of man, the separation of God and man disrupted peace within the world. And Romans tells us this. Romans says, and the way of peace they have not known. They have not known. See, as we see in our nation all around this world, as we see in our communities, our very own communities all around this world, Rebellion, rebellion against God leads to violence against others. We see it every single day. We can call it out when we see it. There's no peace. See, there's always talks of peace, always. But apart from God, there can be no real peace. Peace. 
See, within each of us who choose to live independently of God, there will be no peace in our lives. There will not be true peace in your life that you so much desire if you choose to live independently of God. There will be no peace. There will be no peace. You can just feel it. And some of us in this room probably feel it right now because we're not as connected to God, to the peace of God, as we ought to be. We're feeling that unrest. Unrest. But do you know there is an amazing battle in the unseen world? An amazing battle between two forces. Two forces that are real as anything else. Two forces that are organized. This Advent season sheds the light on this tug of war for our time, for our money, for our energy, for our talents, for our hope, for our peace for our love, our joy, and our faith. It's a battle going on for you every single day between two princes. Two princes. The prince of peace, who is Jesus, and the prince of the air, the power of the air, which is Satan. There's a battle in the unseen world for you every day, every day. The battle over your choices, the battle over every decision you choose to make. It's a tug of war. It's a tug of war. The prince of the power of the air, Satan, offers you his version of peace every day single day by telling you to go your own way, to telling you to go in opposition to God. Satan says, it's your life. It's your life. Do life how you want to do it. Live life how you want to do it. He says, make your own decisions. Every one of us can relate to that voice speaking to us every day. And every day, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, tries to remind us that he has already won the battle for our peace. <laughs> that we're fighting, we're struggling for no reason. The victory of peace, Jesus already won for. He already won for you. So why are we struggling with peace? Every day. And all you have to do is trust and obey. That's all he says. Trust and 
obey. But that's our biggest problem, right? That is our biggest problem, if we're honest. We don't trust God enough to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. We don't trust God enough to allow his spirit within us to guide us. The Bible says be led by the spirit. Be led by the spirit. The spirit won't let us down. But we refuse to let him lead. We refuse to let him lead. But we must understand one thing. When we refuse the Holy Spirit to lead us, when there is conflict with God, there is no peace. There is no peace. There is no peace when you decide to go your own way. There is no peace when you follow the prince of the air. That's in conflict with God. Your own way is in conflict with God. There's a battle over you in the unseen world. And you and I must choose our way of peace every day. Every day. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2 says this. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this air, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. All who are living apart from Christ. And we may be saved. You may be a Christian, but if all who's living apart from Christ, not depending on Christ for everything that we do. We are under influence of the prince of the power of this air. If you are not obedient to the spirit of God, you're under the influence of the prince of the power of this air, which is Satan. You're going your own way. Your way is in opposition to God and rebellion against God. And there can be no peace going that way. None. And one thing we must understand is that the spirit of this world is not of God. It's not of God. It belongs to Satan. It belongs to Satan, not God. Because we are all born into, into sin that's why this world is doomed for destruction. Destruction. So if you think this world is going to get any better, you must be having read the book, as my brother Hap likes to tell me. It's not. It's not. If you think that you're going to find peace by, by investing in this world, investing in the things of this world, investing in even the money of this world, even investing in the people of this world, you will not find peace. Not. And we as believers should know this. We should know this. And so we do not hope in the things of this world, right? 
because we know that very fact. We know that this world is doomed for destruction, so we don't hope in this world. We hope in Jesus. We hope and believe that Christ is coming back for his people. We know without a doubt that Christ is coming back for his people. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth, the Bible tells us. And that we will live in peace and harmony with God. See, we look past this world here. We look forward to the next one. See, this world is headed for destruction. And those that are left will meet Christ in the air. Our blessed hope. Our blessed hope. He will return for his true church. His true church. We can take peace in that. That's our hope. That's our peace. Before Jesus, the Prince of Peace, even was born, Zechariah promised this concerning him. He, he prophesied concerning Jesus. He said this in Luke. He said, because of the tender mercy of our God, hereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. This was the prophecy before Jesus even came to earth. Zechariah gave this beautiful summary of the life and ministry of Jesus for all of us to realize that we are what? We are forgiven. That we no longer have to sit and live in darkness. But we have been given the path of peace. We have been given the path of peace. See, God sent his son into the world on the mission, church. A mission, the mission of Jesus, the Savior, is to, is to shine his light on those living in darkness and guide them. Guide us into the way of peace. Isaiah 9-2 says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in, in, in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. This light of Isaiah's day in a time of great darkness, God promised to send. He promised to send the light that would shine on everyone that was living in the shadow of death. You ever lived in the shadow of death? As sinners, you live in the shadow of death. I remember my life of sin. I remember the shadow of death. I feared death at every corner in my sin. Didn't know why. Didn't know why, but I feared death at every corner. There was something void within me, something that I couldn't describe that was void within me. And so there was fear. There was fear. And, and this message of hope and peace was fulfilled in the birth of Christ. See, the lights of this Christmas season should remind us that Jesus is our true light. That Jesus, hallelujah, is our true hope, our true inner peace here on earth. See, he came into this world at a time of great spiritual 
and, and moral darkness, church. God realized how dark this world really was, and, and so he sent his son to become the light that brings peace to the hearts of those that believe. See, if you believe in Christ, you have the peace of Christ. See, but there are many people living without peace today, facing the great darkness and despair. And until God decides to send his son a second time, we have to be the light of Jesus. It's our responsibility to be the light of Jesus. See, we can't uh, be their peace, but we can lead them to the one who is peace. See, people in their gloom, in, in, in their despair, feel that their sorrows and their troubles will never come to an end. We've been there. We've been there. But we can comfort those people with the assurance that although the Lord may not always spare us from trouble, that he will guide us through it. If we remain confident that he is our light that will guide us into peace. See, the whole world is searching for peace in all the wrong places. All the wrong places. We were born in sin, the shadow of death, in darkness, lost, without peace. Without peace. Born without peace. That's that void within us. That missing peace. And in order to have peace, we must be delivered. Not only from physical sin, but also the sin of unbelief. The sin of unbelief. Where there's sin, there can be no peace. Where there's conflict, there can be no peace, church. If you're going against God, there can be no peace. None. No peace. If you want peace, you have to truly be delivered. Truly be delivered. And God gave this deliverance by sending his son into the world. Isaiah 9 and 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God and Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He was both human, child, and son of God, Jesus. He will be called a wonderful counselor, it says. Extraordinary kind of counsel. He will be effective in planning and, and executing his plan. Says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. He will be called Mighty God. There's nothing too hard for our strong and mighty God. Not only will he uh, give us wise counsel, and his counsel is always right, but he is strong enough to overcome all opposition. This is the one 
who we hope in. So just think about all the power he has over all the things that try to come against our peace. Satan, sin, disease, death, none of these things intimidate our mighty God, do they? He is the everlasting Father, the kind of Father who cares for those who can't take care of themselves, the kind of Father who disciplines those who need reproof, those who need tenderness. He is faithful, a guardian, a provider, a loyal presence full of mercies. He will be called the Prince of Peace. Christ conquers and removes all the things that try to come against our peace. Everything that tries to come against your peace, Christ removes it and he conquers it. Philippians 4, 6 says this, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What Paul is telling us believers is that if we are true worshipers of God, that he will relieve our, our troubled minds, our excessive worrying and anxiety, our depression by praying to him. By praying to him. He promised to give the true worshipers inner peace. The true worshipers inner peace, which will help us cope with that anxiety, cope with that depression. He will protect our thinking, our wrong way of thinking. He will protect our emotions. See, our prayers of thanksgiving to God expresses gratitude for what he has done and what he will do. See, and in response to those prayers, in response to your prayers of, of gratitude, to God, he grants his worshipers peace. That is his promise, church. That is the way of peace. That is the way of peace. The peace of God through Christ Jesus is the result of a close relationship. A close relationship. All those things described us talking to God, being in communion with God, spending time with God, spilling our heart to God. And he promises peace if you do those things. Philippians 8 said, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse 9 says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received 
from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Follow the instructions of his Bible, of his word, and the God of peace will be with you. This peace exceeds anything that we can really understand. This peace exceeds our own expectations of peace because we can't even explain it when it happens. And lastly, Jesus comforts us with this peace. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, it is the Holy Spirit's work that brings that deep, uh, lasting peace to our hearts and minds, unlike the world. See, a person who, who may be on their deathbed leaves a, a last will and testament. Uh, they, value, they value possessions to people whom they love. See, Jesus here, the Lord is doing the exact same thing. The exact same thing. However, he didn't promise to leave any material values. He promised to leave peace. Peace. Something that could not be bought with money. Something that is more valuable than money. I believe we all in here will give up a lot of what we have for peace. For peace. This peace that Jesus is speaking of is inward peace. Peace of conscience. Peace that lives in the heart that comes from a pardon of sin. Peace that comes from a pardon of our wrongdoings. A reconciliation with God. Peace of knowing that you are in right standings with God. Mm, 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 mm. Christ is the only one qualified to give this peace because he purchased it with his life. He purchased the peace with his life, church. Jesus says, I give you my peace not as the world gives. The world gives selfishly, sparingly. And for a short time, his peace lasts forever, just like his peace between him and God. See, Jesus died so that you and I could experience the peace he has with the Father. He died so that we can have that same peace, that no matter the circumstances around us, no matter the fact that we're living in a dark, gloom, destruction, hell-bent world, we have peace. <laughs> we have peace. Peace of the salvation of Christ, redemption will, will achieve for all believers. That is the total well-being. The total well-being of that interest of our spirit our rest as spirit. 
because of our fellowship with God. There is unrest when we don't have that fellowship with God. Jesus' peace of mind and heart and soul is one knowing that they are forgiven. When your heart becomes free and your shame is undone. How great it feels when someone you have wronged forgives you. Jesus' peace is one knowing that you are loved. There's nothing that makes the heart more fonder than someone loving you despite your past. Despite your past. Jesus' peace is knowing that you are protected. How peaceful it is knowing that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Mm. And lastly, Jesus' peace is one knowing that they are redeemed and saved. One knowing that they are heaven bound. Heaven bound. That's the true peace of Jesus. He says, I do not give as the world gives. The world can only offer us a wish for true peace. But Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. My peace is real and lasting. Jesus said he will give you this peace if you are willing to Accept it. If you are willing to accept it. Amen? And before I close, I want to bring my wife up to speak about Jesus being the way of hope. Good morning, Capital City. I will not be before you long. I think Pastor has covered um, just about all that we need to receive in our hearts this morning and throughout this season on peace and hope. Um, but I'm just going to briefly go, go through hope and um, <clears throat> just talk briefly about hope. And so this morning as I was in the back preparing to come up and speak, um, as you can hear, um, my voice is almost gone and I've been wrestling with this all week. Honey, uh, prescriptions, tea, you name it, prayer, you name it. But here I am today and so I open up my uh, Bible app, uh, which I normally do early in the morning, but I didn't this morning. And this scripture is not on the um, slides because um, I didn't plan on um, using this, but it's Psalms 135. And I just love how the Lord loves his people. I love how the Lord loves on us. No matter where we're at, no matter what we endure, no matter what we encounter, he spoke to me this morning and said that I am counting, or he encouraged me with Psalms 135, I am counting on the Lord, yes, I am counting on him. I have put my hope in his word. I am counting on him this morning. I put my hope in him and his word because quite frankly, I'd rather be in bed right now, but I am here um, standing before you doing what God has called me to do, doing what honors the Lord and not anything about me. And so that encouraged me this morning. And again, pastors talked about 
a lot of this, so um, this is just a refresher. But in this world, you know, we, we uh, put our hope and trust in so many different things and uh, in people, in jobs, uh, in, in cars, so many different things, but the hope in these things will fail us. They do not last. And as I was thinking about this, I thought about our vehicles. We put a lot of hope and trust in these vehicles. They get us from point A to point B. And these vehicles have these uh, warning lights and signals that come on when something's about to go wrong. So when your tire pressure is low, you get a little exclamation point or whatever, some type of light to let you know something's about to happen or you need to put some air in. Your long gas. Some of us don't like stopping at the gas station, so sometimes we have the light come on. And so um, it's warning you, you need to stop and get some gas. And then there could be times where um, that check engine light comes on. Something's about to happen. And then there's times some vehicles, all of the lights will just start to flash when the car is about to completely shut down. It's happened to me with my vehicle. And so there's warning lights in, in, you know, in the natural with these vehicles. And so I thought to myself, Lord, what if we had a warning light? What if you gave us some type of light to flash in front of us when you were about to allow us to journey through something? If, if you gave us this warning, maybe we wouldn't feel like all hope is gone when we journey through these things. Maybe we wouldn't put our trust in people. Maybe we wouldn't put our trust in those jobs. Job, a job can end at any time. But God said, I have given you a light. I've given you a warning. And it has come through the form of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God. That's where your warning comes in. But you have to be attentive. You have to listen and, and see what God is doing. Listen for the Holy Spirit of God. And so, so I'm like, God, you're, you're so amazing. You're so amazing. So no matter what comes before us, no matter what we endure, we have warnings. And all hope is not gone through Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ came to, gave, to give us that hope, to give us that peace, to give us that love, that blessed assurance that no matter what I go through, that I can have peace, I can have joy, I can have hope. And so I'm going to journey through three things really, really quickly. I promise I'll be done in 10 minutes. Pastor said 10 to 15. I'm at the end because I can be long-winded sometimes. But um, as I was studying, the Lord brought me to the story of Hannah. And the scripture, I don't, the, the story is so long, I didn't put it on the slides. But the, the story of Hannah in the Bible, one that was at the end where she felt like she had no hope. We know the story. Hannah um, was one of the wives of Elkanah. And there was two wives. One had um, bore children, and Hannah could not bore a child. And so she was feeling like all hope was gone. She didn't know what to do, and she, so she, she cried out to the Lord, which is what we should do. When we feel hopeless and feel like there's nowhere else to turn, many times we turn to people thinking that they can um, give us the answer. And I know this feeling, this, this story spoke so near and dear to my heart. She felt that all hope was gone. The other wife, Penina, was actually tormenting her 
because she could not bear a child or she did not bear a child at that time. And you think about this, and in that time, if a woman was not bearing a child, she was uh, looked upon as if uh, God didn't show her favor. And so this thing just touched my heart. This woman wanted to bear a child. She's seeing this other wife with children, and she's not able to bear a child. And so she goes to the Lord. She knows where her help comes from. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled in a tree of life. Mm. So Hannah's uh, heart was sick. She had come to a point of hopelessness, but she cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard her cry. We know the story. She had her son, Samuel, who she um, gave back to the Lord. We know the story. But the thing that um, also stood out to me is that when it looked like all hope was gone, God showed up on her behalf. She didn't turn to her husband and say, how are you going to help me to have this child? She didn't go to the other wife and bicker with her and try to start confusion. She turned to the Lord. Just when it looks like all hope is gone, we can turn to the Lord. And then the other thing the Lord spoke to me and showed me in the story is that when it looks like all hope is gone, God will send encouragement. He sent Eli to uh, Hannah, although at first he thought that she was drunk because she couldn't even, she was in so much sorrow, she couldn't even uh, say anything. The words couldn't even come out. Her lips were just moving. And I don't know about you, but I've been at a point in my life where words couldn't even come out. Tears just flowed. My back was up against the wall. I couldn't do anything but cry out to the Lord. My lips just moving, but nothing coming out. And so he sends Eli to encourage her. And Eli tells her to go in peace. And later on, of course, she has her son Samuel and uh, gives him back to the Lord. But Hannah held on to hope. And I encourage us, no matter what we may face in this season, the holiday seasons can be um, a time of joy and hope. But then there's times where uh, memories come up, things come up, people have lost loved ones, and those things come up. But hold on to the hope of Jesus Christ. In Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Another um, translation says that this hope that Jesus provides does not put us to shame. And so I'm reminded of the three Hebrew boys who stood on the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of the Lord, and did not fold. And they were thrown into this fiery furnace. And the hope of the Lord did not disappoint and it did not put them to shame. They, they were delivered and they came out with even a stench of smoke. That's the kind of God that we serve. 
if we hope in him, he will not put us to shame. He will not disappoint. Though things may look like they're not in your favor, our all-knowing God, he knows everything from the beginning to the end because he is the beginning and the end. And he's going to work that thing out. Trust in him. Hope in him. And then lastly, sorry, not lastly, in John 6, 68, it says, Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. Simon Peter says, you are our only hope. In this particular passage, many had um, turned away from following Jesus. And so Jesus goes to his disciples that are left, the 12, and says to are you going to leave now as well? Simon Peter knew better. He knew that his help came from Jesus Christ. His hope was in the Lord. His hope was in Christ and not anything else. Those that left Christ, they, they found out later. And like us today, when we follow Christ, our hope is in him. We won't be moved. We won't be shaken. Things come up against us. We may bend a little bit. But we won't fall. And so like Peter, those that follow Christ, we know that our hope is in Christ. But those that don't follow him, they follow after the things of this world. And sadly, those things will fail. Sadly, they will fall because those things don't last. And then um, my last scripture, um, Pastor already went over this, so this is just going to be a reminder in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And God just wants us to know that if we are in a place right now where we feel like all hope is gone, all hope is lost, maybe there's issues in our lives where there's issues with our job, in our family, even with our health, our finances. The Holy Spirit of God will send you the peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, hope that, dis that doesn't disappoint. Hope that doesn't um, put you to shame. This kind of peace and this kind of hope is what we need to lean on and depend on, not the hope of this world. And so, Father, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for the peace and the hope that you provided through your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Without your son, Jesus Christ, we would be lost, God. We would be tossed to and fro, oh God. But we thank you right now, O oh Lord, that your son came, God, to give us hope, a future hope, Lord, a hope that doesn't disappoint, O oh God, a hope that we can lean and depend on, O oh Lord. When the trials and tribulations of this world come, Lord, hope comes up, Lord. Peace comes up, O oh God. And we thank you right now, Lord. We thank you for this word, Lord. We thank you for your people, O oh God. We thank you for this Advent season, O oh Lord. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.